Welcome again to the Pretty Good Podcast on CrabbyCurious.com. You know, we're not great, but we're not bad, but it's it's pretty good. And today we have something special for you. But then again, I could say that every time we are going to discuss Star Wars. We're going to rank them all. I'm not going to participate, but I'm going to host it and keep it moving. But uh, making his grand return, we have Benno. What's up, Ben? What up? And we have my man, the man, the myth, the legend, Cap City's own, Zach. Oh, my goodness. The premiere of Mr. Nasty. What's up, (laughs) y'all? So we're actually we're here to talk politics and religion, right? Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to touch that. Won't be any kind of those hot takes. So yeah, on that and on Facebook, good people. (laughs) Yeah, hit us up up in the comments, right? Right, Bryson? Yeah. (laughs) But we will be ranking the 10 Star Wars movies, you know, the eight episodes plus Rogue One and Solo. A top 10. How perfect. How fitting is that? Um, So I've seen them all, all the Star Wars. I've never really got deep into the lore. I played a couple of the video games too, but you two are pretty big fans. Um, could probably pretty big be encyclopedia for me if I need to ask a question. But what got you? Um, what got you each into the series? Like when did it start, and how's your fandom grown since then? Uh, ben, you go ahead. You go ahead okay. Go yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like uh, with most people, uh, my Star Wars fandom uh, started with my dad. Uh, we had all three videos on vhs we had the regular edition which was in a black box and then when they came out with the remaster and i think in 97 we we had the vhs uh in the gold box and um i just remember going to see uh when they re-released them in theaters with my dad and it being like a a special thing and and obviously there's um the entire series is littered with daddy issues uh and that's just something that really uh pulls at my heartstrings so um i would say my dad got into him i wasn't even as big a fan as my brother who like had all the books and uh all the other brad. Shouts to brad. big cute little rad brad um but yeah i would say my dad got me into him and did you see all of the special edition re-releases in theaters i think just uh jedi actually yeah i couldn't remember which one i think maybe i'd seen empire and maybe Jedi, but I know I'd seen at least one or two of them then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like you've been, I was a big, big fan in the 90s. Um, I still own an OG uh, pre-special edition version of the trilogy on VHS. Yeah. Before George got his hands all over it and decided to add, like, shit tons of more ships and random stuff going on and Moss Eisley. Yeah. Um, and, and that was is pre, different. Yeah, Sky City is different. And then that was pre-pre when George messed with it for the Blu-rays, like within the last five, ten years where he, I haven't even seen added, those, yeah. he added in like blinking Ewoks and made Vader scream no at the end of Return of the Jedi because apparently you need that to... No! Yeah, really encompass the arc there. Really need him to say no as he's murdering the Emperor, but whatever. Um, Payoff. But no, so I loved, yeah, I always loved Star Wars as a kid. Um, episode one, well, we can get into the movies here in a second, but episode one came out like perfect time for me, like 99. I was a, in sixth grade, so that was, I had already been a fan for four or five years at that point. Right. 
Yeah, I remember my uncle worked at like KFC as a manager at the time. I think they had like special cups or something with the Star Wars, all the characters like Amidala and yeah. uh, Anakin. And I remember he just gave them all to me. I mean, he didn't really watch Star Wars either, but I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm cool because, like I said, I wow. saw the first three when I was uh, when I lived in England. I try to mention that in every every episode. It makes me culture <laughs> lived in England. Um, my parents uh, they had some friends that were really big nerds and dorks and they actually gave me like the first trilogy like a box set because they were like oh this is outstanding you gotta make sure you watch it and it's a little like five-year-old i'm watching this i have no idea what goes on it just looks cool because people are wielding lightsabers and shooting space stuff yes stormtroopers are shooting really terribly like my aim when i play shooters so i can relate to that (laughs) (laughs) dude yeah the young uh the young brands went hard uh, during phantom menace time because I remember, I remember I had like a Sebulba cup from the pod racing stuff from like Pizza Hut. Like yeah. they were all over that stuff. Oh, back yeah. <laughs> My man, so I used to love that video game, the pod racer on 64. Oh, that's like low key yeah. one of the best Star Wars games ever made. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we can get a whole other discussion on Star Wars games. Those are pretty yeah. hit and miss too. <laughs> <laughs> but to dive dive into the uh, the steak, the beef, the pudding of the podcast we are going to get to the rankings so who wants to go first well i have a quick question are we going to start with our the bottom of the list start ten. with 10 yes. way to one. Yeah. All right. yeah we gotta you gotta build up to the climax that's what i've been told a time or two so we'll go let's go yes. ben's 10 then zach's 10 and then zach's nine then ben's nine like a snake draft That'll okay be all right my so. number 10 is maybe unsurprisingly maybe not solo it's uh pretty bad uh, i think uh obviously the worst uh i actually did rewatch it on netflix um the redeemable things that i like about it uh were the uh the train scene um you know when they're robbing the uh the unnamed well then name it but i just can't think of the name the uh, material to do the kessel run uh, and then it, it obviously goes bad from there. But uh, I love that scene. Uh, I like Woody Harrelson and Donald Glover as uh, Lando. Dude, that I was just going to say, yeah, Woody is like one of the saving graces of that movie. I, Woody Harrelson I, and our boy Childish, yeah. I, I can't think of a bad thing. Like, I can't think of a thing that I do not like Woody Harrelson in. Um, so that, you know, <laughs> that really saves it for me. Your girl, Amelia Clark. I'm just like 75% sure she can't act. Um, I, <laughs> I like her. Uh, she's just like incredibly likable, but uh, she definitely can't pull this movie, and neither can the guy whose name I also don't know to, that plays Han. Uh, and then just yeah, throwing in, is Darth... he as bad as is he as bad as they say as they like? I think I feel he's like fine. He's not as bad as the reports. I think he's legible. fine. I think when you set him up to be a young Harrison Ford, who is like a top five most charismatic actor of all time, uh, I think you're just setting him up to fail. I still like the story with all these movies. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. But uh, and then like throwing Darth Maul inexplicably in there as like some Easter egg that it just felt kind of uh, cheap. Um, but yeah, Solo's my number ten. Where, where'd you have Solo? Um, I have Solo at number nine. So I I'll go okay. ahead and kind of hit some of my yeah. points too. Like you you sure. hit on a lot of the same stuff. Um, I think the biggest. So I think it's it's a fun I think it's a fun movie. So it's a fun just takeaway like you just watch it two hours in and out, don't even think about it again. But when you really start to unpack some of it, it just doesn't make sense at all. But also, my biggest issue really is just that the portrayal of Han, 
from the from the jump in this movie, he's kind of a a scruffy kid with a heart of gold. Mm. But when you're first introduced to him in A New Hope, he's just a scoundrel, bro. Mm. Like he's just that's he's about he's about that sort of bounty bounty. No, he's not a bounty hunter, but you know he's about that scoundrel life. Yeah, like he's sort of willing to sell out anybody and everybody, and he's just about his credits. Sure. But this movie, he's kind of not that. He's sort of like he is at the end of A New Hope. Right. And then and then they sort of, I, but they don't even like work their way back to him being a scoundrel. So that was. I would have rather seen a more rough and tumble Han that early on, and yeah. willing to kind of sacrifice like nothing, <laughs> you know, like yeah. all about himself and like maybe Chewie. Yeah, as a casual fan, I love that Darth Maul was in it. I mean, I don't really know how it fits in. You know, I guess it's after he gets cut in half or whatever. But I was like, oh my god, it's an oh. Easter egg. Not yeah. for the hardcore ones. I'm sure, like. If we ever do a superhero discussion, I'd be like, you guys are very critical. This isn't like the comics. This doesn't make sense. But but for me, at the end, when I saw him, I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. This is mechanical legs on the little animated series. Yeah, I thought it was neat. But it's also like, oh, yeah, so this happened. I guess it dates the movie a little bit. Like this happens post-Clone Wars, pre-Star Wars Rebels, I guess. Like it's there's a whole lot of Darth Maul post phantom menace that we can get into later but yeah that was a weird kind of i'm, I'm with you ben it was kind of a weird easter egg to kind of throw yeah. in um but all right my number 10 is actually episode two attack of the clones okay i really do not like this movie what do you not like about um almost everything okay <laughs> like some i mean hayden christensen is just you know, you can talk to your blue in the face about how bad he is. Yeah. Um, they somehow make Natalie Portman so awful in all of these movies, especially that one. It's glaringly mm-hmm. obvious in that one. Um, really, the the redeeming quality of it is is um, why am I blanking on Obi Wan's actor's name? You yeah, McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. I think he's great, and I'm actually I, the whole movie could have been 90 minutes of just him being a detective and finding out what's going on with the clones, and that would have been the movie for me. Yeah, but instead we had to get the the ridiculous love story, and then the culmination of the the fight on I think Geonosis, mm-hmm. and oh my god, the kiss. Mm-hmm. She plops. You remember that? She plops up on like the thing behind him and just. Gives him that awful, stupid kiss. <laughs> I don't remember that as much as him saying, talking about sand, and the sand gets everywhere. Or something. It's like yeah. maybe the worst line in movie history. It's I like think... rough and coarse and gets everywhere. <laughs> it's like, oh and is God. that the, I think that's the one where he actually murders all the sand people, doesn't he? I killed them all. Uh, yes, I believe, yeah. When he's Women chasing and the down children. Count Dooku, yeah. Um, yeah, that's not the, the saving grace too is is seeing Yoda at the end, yeah. like around and be a badass. That was cool. Yeah, I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned it. Um, and I feel like a lot of that CGI kind of is dated now. It, were you done on Attack of the Clones? Oh yeah, okay. no. And then I already uh, mentioned shout out. I was solo, so so ahead, yeah. Shout out to um, the uh, clone guy with the eight arms, General Grievous, or something. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I think he, well, was, he was cool. Revenge of the Sith. He was introduced oh, to him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but he was uh, cool with his all his arms, and it was good to see a black Jedi, but 
All right, Ben, number nine. <laughs> uh, well, I was, I was just going to jump in. I had Attack of the Clones a little bit higher at seven. Um, there are a couple movies that I utterly dislike uh, more than this one. Um, so I, I like Christopher Lee a lot. I feel like he, he kind mm-hmm. of has like a, a weighty performance that kind of brings um, some gravitas to this movie. Uh, as you said, Hayden Christensen, I mean, what, what more can you say if you watch the movie? If, if you bring an alien uh, into this planet and you want to show them what a terrible acting performance is, I feel like you could go episode two, episode three, <laughs> point to Hayden Christensen. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I get that. But I, Brilliant. I like this Brilliant jumper as well. Oh my god, he's he's just got an all-time portfolio. <laughs> uh, I like the stormtroopers though. I liked uh, the idea that you know they're all cloned off of Boba Fett, and yeah. uh, the Empire is like making this army, uh, and then like you know stormtroopers actually turn out to be the good guys. You know when they're fighting the droids, uh, I thought that was interesting uh, to think about. You get a little bit of Genesis there, uh, but that's all I got to say about Attack of Clones. Not in love with it. My number nine, I had uh, episode three. Revenge of the Sith. The first thing I wrote down here uh, was that I couldn't think of the name of episode three. I just knew it as episode three. So that uh, should tell you how lovely I think of this movie. Uh, But as I said, you know, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. But otherwise, um, again, Hayden Christensen, very bad. uh, And there's, you know, the infanticide is is anytime you kill uh, large swallows of little kids, it's going to, you know, dampen my uh, impression of the movie. The younglings. Um, but Annie, no. RIP no. the younglings. <laughs> Execute that order sixty six. So I, I feel like the biggest complaint with uh, Revenge of the Sith is it has the burden of having to tie everything up to lead yeah. to a new hope. Like Obi Wan's got to like cut off his arms and legs, and he's got to have his hair burnt up. And you know, Natalie Portman has to give birth to twins, even though Leia talks about remembering her mother, uh, even though Natalie Portman dies two minutes later in movie time. We got to put the kid, we got to put Luke on uh, Tatooine. Tatooine, yeah, with old dude, uh, Uncle Owen. But yeah, it's just, I I feel like that just doomed it. Um, And you know, two episodes two and three, I just really, they they stand out as, as pretty bad ones for me, so... Yeah, I, the high ground. Sure. Yeah, at the high ground. Um, yeah, I all for all the reasons you just said. Yeah, uh, Revenge of the Sith is just not that fun of a watch either. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, shouts to Grievous, who we mentioned earlier. Like he was yep. a cool prequel invention. I liked him a lot. Um, yep. Just the idea of him, and it was he was like a pre Vader. It was almost like. Yeah, it was almost like Palpatine was working on that shit. Was like mm. trying to figure out how to perfect the Vader scheme, and really had not figured it out yet. <laughs> that was Vader like version 1.0 or something. Sure. Um, but dear Lord, the end when he when he screams no is mm. just mm. no. Uh, where's Padme? Um, that's just so bad. Um, it is also actually, it is kind of interesting to finally see the execute order sixty six like happen on screen. Yeah, as terrible as it is. Um, but also, it actually does include one of my favorite scenes, and that's when uh, Palpatine asks Anakin to meet him at like this uh, like opera or something, or, like, some sort oh, of yeah. uh, musical going on. 
and Palpatine goes on to explain the history of like the Sith a little bit, but he also tells the story of Darth Plagueis. Yeah. And I find that shit so fascinating. Like I am so yeah. here for like old Star Wars stories and just the lore context. like that. Sith and the Jedi lore. And it does a great job. And I actually read it's not canon anymore because they wiped out the canon in 2015. So it was like one of the last books to come out that was not in the canon anymore. Hmm. But it was called Dark Plagueis. Hmm. And it's fantastic. It just it talks a lot about the the how Palpatine became who he was and the type of stuff that Plagueis was working on, like experimenting with midichlorians and and how he had like conquered death basically. So it's yeah. which led to a lot of theories that maybe Snoke was Plagueis. Hmm. It was all floating around the, all over the place, like that he had survived all that shit. So where do you have? I like that. I like that mention of. But yeah, I had actually had Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith as my number eight. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah. What was your eight? I don't think we've gotten your. No. We call a segue. Good job. And you're guys. you're not gonna like this one. <clears throat> I had my number eight as the Last Jedi. <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> I. Again, so you know, I'm I consider myself a pretty big Star Wars fan. When I have trouble thinking of the name, like if that means like the movie does not impact me, you know, the way that it should. Um, I, I let me tell you the the things that I like first. Okay, I liked the intro, the dreadnought uh, suicide mission uh, of old girl's sister. Um, that was super cool, uh, and I'll, I'll get on, into suicide later uh, in the in my rankings. I also like the, uh, the sexual tension between Kylo and Ray, uh, you know, when they're like seeing each other, um, and you know, he's got his waistband pulled up super high, but that, uh, I like that. <laughs> Which spawned but, a million memes. Yeah. So the, the two things that I could not get over and I, when I was doing my rankings, I noticed that I was like putting some things I don't like, uh, about the movies that I do like aside while letting some things I really don't like affect other movies. And we'll get to that later. But two things that I really just like could not abide about this movie was Leia floating through space and surviving the destruction of the ship. I'm like, I was like embarrassed in the theater that they let this get into a Star Wars movie. Like this left the writer's room floor. Like she has... <sighs> It just has no context, and it doesn't make sense. Not to mention, it's like the cheesiest thing ever. I uh, also thought that you know, with Carrie Fisher uh, passing away, they could have easily just had her character uh, right off in the sunset and right around that. But no, they uh, bring that out. Um, and then the whole uh, casino planet scene—it just felt like they were trying to uh, force uh, social commentary. Uh, into the movie where um, it, not that that doesn't have a place in movies it just mm -hmm. felt very heavy handed and not entertaining it enough um, I guess you don't so want to burn you don't want to burn casinos to the ground and I, yeah I it's awesome you know I'm to be anti-capitalism <laughs> but people like buying things so I don't know um, it it was just super lame and then like they're supposed to be trying to get this ship out of the the pull of the ships chasing them and and then they'd stop along the way to like free all the animals. It just felt really heavy-handed and cheap. So, Dude, you got to save the classic Fathiers in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> That's what they're called, by the way. The Fathiers. Is that 
Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah it's just like father with, yeah. an, with an I after the H. I, I, I guess that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we should talk about Last Jedi yet or not. Oh. It comes uh, you, you know, much, let, let, much let's see when it gets my... on your list. Yeah, I'm sure okay. you'll definitely elaborate. I have a feeling that's that was going to be a point of contention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have, we'll have some things to say. Um, okay, so Number is it Ben's seven. turn now that you're seven? Yeah, you're seven now. You're seven, Zach. My seven. It's got to be your seven. Um, it's got to be your bull. <laughs> <laughs> my seven is actually episode four, A New Hope. Wow. Um, and, and that's not to say, and this is, you know, off the jump. We should have mentioned this off the jump, but it's like I love we love Star Wars, so it's like sure. I'll still watch any of these ten movies over like a lot of other things. So that doesn't mean I think this is bad by any means, but I would say it's my it's the seventh in my ranking. I like it a lot. It's a it is a really good movie, but it you can tell like it's such a it's an early early movie. He doesn't. George doesn't know the lore just yet, so he's still kind of figuring things out. So you can definitely watch it with the eye of he doesn't quite know that Luke and Leia are brother and sister. You can tell he's not real sure what he wants to do with Han. Um, in the in the in the newest versions of the movie, you can get that scene with Jabba when he sees Han, and then he they steps just like. Over. Yeah, oh god, the step over is so tough to watch. The Han yeah. first stuff really yeah. hurts me. Um but uh, I mean I don't have I don't really don't have much bad to say about it. It just sort of fell low in my list. Sure. Uh, but that being said, the the I mean it birthed the blockbuster movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wasn't alive for when it came out, obviously, but I mean, obviously it's cultural impact ways beyond, uh, you know, the generations that only, you know, first saw it in theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, if you were done on new hope, I'll just go ahead and jump in because that's actually my number six. So I had attack of the clone seven. A new hope was my six. Uh, I just think it's kind of interesting. So Alec Guinness, he's the guy that plays, uh, Obi-Wan in the original and he, you know, is an incredibly famous English actor and was uh, at the time. And I, I feel like he, he brings like a, a sort of mysterious air about being like this cool hermit Jedi um, that, you know, Ooh. has a, a light sword that can cut dudes' arms off. Uh, and he does the old uh, movie trope, cuts the dude's arm off in the cantina and flips the, well, I guess Han flips the coin, but uh, to the bartender for the mess. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it revolutionary, revolutionary when it came out, it's kind of dated now. Um, yeah. you know, you can kind of see like where the seams are, uh, especially with like the, the ships and the space. I know he's touched it up a lot, but if you go back and watch uh, an older version, it, it just does, it is kind of dated, um, iconic, very, uh, I, I think six, seven is, is a good spot for it, even though it was the uh, the first movie. So Yeah, uh, you, you bring up a good point about Alec Guinness. I think he does the same thing that Christopher Lee did for the prequels sure. as well. Like, he brings a certain gravitas, because mm-hmm. at the time, like, I mean, I'm not sure how popular Carrie Fisher was at the time. I don't I'm, I don't imagine she was. I think I it was the like first Mark, movie. It's like Mark Hamill wasn't really in anything, like... Mm. Um, uh, Harrison Ford really wasn't in anything either. Like, yeah, this, this birthed, birthed like all three of their careers. Um, sure. And then, yeah, just just the 
what an what an incredible character like the introduction of Darth Vader is. Yeah. When he when he boards Leia's ship, um, and then later, I mean, it's it's still it's like one of my favorite Star Wars moments ever is when they're in sort of the um, the Empire, like the Council. Oh yeah. Dude says something about he's just like talking all like mad shit Pure about Vader. ancient religion. Yeah, <laughs> he's like did not birth the or did not grant you clairvoyance to find the job, ah, and then he just starts getting choked out. Yeah, and uh, what does Vader say? He's like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah. Oh, I love that stuff. And then, um, and then old dude uh, shouts to um, Tarkin at. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, yeah Grand Moff yeah. Tarkin. What a great character he was, and was it's it's. I have to remind myself that he's only in that movie, and he's not even in it all that. He's probably only in like four scenes. Sure. But still savage that he got Leia to admit to tell them where the rebel base was, and then and oh yeah, then I'm destroy. Up, I'm gonna blow up your home planet anyways. <laughs> all time savage. Um. So is it my turn now? I can't remember. You're number six. Yep. Yeah. My six. Let's uh let's do your six and then we'll uh, recap everyone's ten through six. Okay, my six is um Rogue One. Uh, yeah, I I like this one quite a bit. Um, it's the thing that sticks out to me too is it might be the most interesting and probably best shot movie in the franchise. I might I might go that far and say that it has the, hmm. like the shots um some of the stuff some of the imagery with the death star it really made the death star menacing again some of the stuff with the star destroyer is great everything on i think it's scarif that the final battle on the beach is so oh, yeah. so oh, I, I love all that stuff yeah um, you know despite the, there, there are some some pacing issues and some story issues and i wouldn't say that Jin urso is the most like relatable or like best leading character in the franchise mm-hmm. um but oh my gosh it, the the last bit with vader boarding like oh trying, my god yeah uh, they're like frantically getting the floppy disk with yeah the, the just, death star plans on it he's just decimating every single person i know dude yeah that's, that's like one of the first times you've really seen vader be like an absolute villain and you see yeah. Why he's so feared in the galaxy and in this story? Why ever? Why he's like built up the way he is, and you can see why there are, why Kylo Ren looks up to him so much in Force Awakens from yeah. a moment like. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to give my right. Rogue One, or do you want uh, to just so, recap? Uh, let, me re- let me recap where we are first. So uh, Ben's list, number ten was Solo, the most recent entry, which I thought was pretty fun. Then number nine, Ben had Revenge of the Sith. Number eight, The Last Jedi. Number seven, Attack of the Clones. And in his number six, he had the first film, A New Hope, which was originally called The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. See, I know something. Wikipedia. Okay. Okay. Um, It's funny because Starkiller became a main character in one of the video games. So that's, again, that's another story. Zach's list so far, we have number number 10, Attack of the Clones. Number nine, Solo, so you guys are collectively out on that one. Uh, number eight, Revenge of the Sith, you guys are out on that one too. Number seven, A New Hope. And then number six, Rogue One, which is actually my favorite Star Wars film for what it counts. Ooh, but nice. to get back, <laughs> I can cool. explain that one later. 
But yeah. to get back in the list, Ben, do you want to start with your top five? Yeah, sure. Um, my number five movie, uh, along the lines of <clears throat> us talking about A New Hope, uh, I have The Force Awakens, was in many ways a remake uh, with Poe Dameron uh, filling the uh, Han Solo character um, and, you know, uh, Ray being the Luke Skywalker character. But what I really liked about Force Awakens, it was just you got a lot of different perspectives. Um, obviously, you know, I don't know if you wanted me to touch on this, but Star Wars, the first one, it's just about the whitest movie ever, um, like many <laughs> movies made in the 70s. But, you know, is incredibly, uh, Force Awakens, what I liked about it is that it was incredibly diverse. Um, the Boyega character, uh, just him being like a stormtrooper that, you know, like it was kind of like a child soldier um, story arc. It was just cool to see uh, him escape that and then like stumble into this world of the force. Um, I just thought it was incredibly interesting. And John Boyega is just an incredible actor and I really enjoyed his performance in force awakens. Um, I did not so much in last Jedi, but I kind of blame that more on the, the writing. So, uh, I had force awakens at five. Uh, and that's, uh, not to say that I, I value it any, any less than all these movies. Cause I really enjoy watching it. So, uh, that's a good choice. So I'll I'll have I Force Awakens a little higher in my list. So we'll okay. I'll get into some of the stuff there. But my okay. number five is Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Ooh. Um, it's one that so many and I get and you haven't mentioned that yet, have you? So it's a little higher on yours. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Spoilers. It's one that people love to hang off the backboard on the prequels right mm, people yeah. love to just just cram all over the, the prequels especially phantom menace but it's 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 absolutely the best of the three of the prequels for sure mm, mm. and i can't tell for me if it's just like i mentioned earlier i kind of teased it earlier but the nostalgia factor i was in the sixth grade when that movie came out like i remember i still remember going and seeing that movie in theaters like it was such a sure. profound experience for me and then leaving the theater me and my dude steve went to walmart and bought toys like we each bought two or three star wars toys afterwards like, i think i steve out there yeah shout out to steve barlow wrestlehead we <laughs> uh i think i got like a you know broken down c3po like early c3po toy and like a qui-gon one but sure. i just and like it it easily has probably top two maybe the number two like the best Second best uh, lightsaber fight. Oh, I would say I would say or maybe first number one. best. Yeah. yeah, the only one that maybe beats it is um, the one in Last Jedi in the Red Room. Um, okay, just the imagery there was super cool. But anyways, yeah, like and just Darth Maul as a character, yep. it's just yep. like one of the best characters really put to screen in the last definitely in the last twenty years, but really ever. And, and he, he doesn't like have that many lines, lines. Yeah. but just just the way he looks, and it's just just through tone and his performance. Mm -hmm. um, which trivia? He's actually in the first X Men movie. I'm not sure if you guys know that. It's Toad. Yeah, he yeah. is Toad. Yeah. Ray Park. Just... R.I.P. Yeah. Toad. Yeah, Rip Toad. Um, but yeah, and like, and, and then having uh, Liam Neeson in there as Qui Gon, so great. The Padres. Academy Award winning woman <laughs> Liam Neeson's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can tell he cares about it too he doesn't just hop in for a paycheck like he's actually like really working that shit and i love sure. it sure yeah uh, 
and the pod race is so cool. I love yep. all that stuff. Yeah, and and I can get around. I can get around the and I can't. I'm blanking on what the kid's name is, but the young Annie. I can get around some of his stuff. He's not good, and he's yeah. a kid. But you know, he's a kid. Like I'm able yeah. to like look at it both ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I do love what it did that it intro- reintroduced Star Wars into the um, the discussion again into the monoculture and yeah. Uh, and really introduce the new lore into the story as well. Yeah. Um, by finally showing some Senate stuff. Um, so unless you, do you have, unless you want to say anything else, I'm going to move on to my four. Go, Go for it. My number four is Return of the Jedi. <gasps> which is a, another one of the movies that sometimes gets dunked on. But I still, I still think it's great. I love the Ewoks. I got no problems with the Ewoks. Little playing drums on stormtroopers' heads. I'm cool with that. Um, I feel like Yoda's Yoda's death in that movie will forever be sad. No matter no matter what or when I watch it, it'll always, you know, make me for clemps, so to speak. Um, mm. I feel like Return of the Jedi is a perfect culmination of Vader's story as well and mm. his redemption arc. And again, my version of it, he doesn't scream no. So he doesn't he just it's just performance. You just see him look at look at his son being murdered by the Emperor and then looks back at looks back at the Emperor and goes back and forth and then makes that yeah. um and you can see Anakin really come out there. But yeah, I I I enjoy Return of the Jedi quite a bit. Sweet. Um yeah, what about you, Ben? What's your four? My number four uh was Rogue One. So we were pretty close on that one. Um, I loved how, um, well, you know, if you've got a suicide mission, like if you're putting a a team of ragtag, uh, you know, anti-heroes together to do a suicide mission, like I'm in, like I'm all the way in. And then you've got, you know, Riz Ahmed and Diego Luna just carrying these like, well, Diego Luna more so, this haunted figure. Um, and then, like, him and Jen Erso, I loved how they didn't, like, force a love story. It was just, like, you know, they were coming together for a greater cause and then ended up dying there on that beach and incredibly emotional scene. But, yeah, the last 30 minutes of that movie is just an incredible, uh, you know, scene. Um, and then, as you said, Darth Vader slaying all those people and then, the dude reaching his arm to get the plans. It's like just a movie. Like anytime people sacrifice themselves for the greater good, there's something like so human about that, that um, really resonates with me. So that's what I loved about rogue one. Um, I think you already. Well, I I was going to say, you mentioned uh, that's something I didn't mention before about rogue one is it's kind of fascinating to see a movie. It's the very first star Wars story, like side movie. It's mm-hmm. the very first time we've ever seen a Star Wars movie on screen outside of Clone Wars, shouts to Clone Wars, yep. um, that a movie that wasn't episode one through whatever, one through seven at that point, on mm-hmm. screen. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to see a, a Star Wars movie set, you know, a movie set in this world with a completely different tone. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I really, I appreciated that. And, and you can you can just really see it in the way it's shot. And I've actually got it on in the background right now, just kind of playing. Nice, dude. But yeah, like, um, you just see it in the tone and like, it's just a, it's just a darker movie. Yeah. Uh, a, a very uh, adult Star Wars movie, which I appreciate. Um, I, I did want to just mention the uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, Leia's face uh, yeah. technology. 
that was kind of interesting. I wonder how it'll hold up to the test of time. You know, you watch some of these movies and go back and you're like, wow, that looks just so cheap. Um, but I, I thought it was cool in, in the theater and I, um, yeah, I liked that as well. I actually had a friend say that they did. I was like, they, they said, yeah, yeah, it was crazy how they had Carrie Fisher at the end of the movie. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then they had, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but they had the dude yeah. like Tarkin in there as well. And he was like, wait, who? Like, didn't know. <laughs> didn't realize that that was actually like CG and that he had been dead for X amount of years. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't realize that the whole time until someone said it afterwards. Like Carrie Fisher, yeah. I could tell, but him, I was like, oh yeah, they just got someone that looked like him to play them. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my my number three uh, is Phantom Menace. Um, oh. You know, as as you said, people love to like point to this and be like, "Wow, Jar Jar Misa is like just like the most you know heinous and insulting thing ever." And you know how I was saying the uh, the Leia floating through space scene you know resonates with me, and that's why I can't get past uh, Last Jedi. I kind of just push aside Jar Jar when I think about this movie because, as you said, like this was my first Star Wars movie. You know, like this yes. was the first one that got released while it came. You know, while I was alive and saw it in theaters. Like I'm pretty sure you know I went to a birthday party and I had Anakin on my birthday cake or something. Um, okay. I I would say hands down the best lightsaber fight uh, between Darth Maul and uh, Obi Wan and um, Qui Gon Jinn. It's just incredible. Um, Natalie Portman was like, so I, I was probably ten or eleven when this movie came out, and that was like one of the first times that I was really like interested in the opposite sex. Uh, was <laughs> Queen Amidala Padme? Um, not to get too personal, and you know the pod racing scene is cool. I know. Uh, shout out to Robert. He always likes to say, now this is pod racing, which is like uh, also, you know, in consideration, one of the best, worst, excuse me, movie lines of all time. Um, but the pod racing scene is actually pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it's got a lot of sentimental value. And I think that's why I rank it so highly. It's yeah, you're exactly right. And it's funny, you mentioned Natalie Portman kind of being that role for you. Like, when you yeah. kind of realize, like, you are, like, oh, this is, like, first, like, actress that I realize I'm attracted to. Sure. Because Carrie, Carrie Fisher was that for a lot of people in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And with the original trilogy. So it's it's fascinating to me to hear you say that about um, Natalie. But you're right. Like, the OG, like, not, like, episodes one through three was our trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, when I was watching them in, in theaters, they got better. To me, they got better. It was like, oh, two was better than one because I was growing up with those movies, and then like three was great. And then you go back and rewatch them, and it's like, okay, they're, they're not that good. But then like yeah. now that I've like I've grown from it a little bit too, it's like obviously two and three are still bad, but yeah, you're right. Like Phantom Menace holds up in a lot of ways. Yep. Um. So my number three is The Force Awakens. Whoa. Jamaican yes. air horn sound. Hot take. <laughs> You're um, running out of room to put Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is culminating. Um, so yeah, Force Awakens, I think it gets a lot of crap for being derivative, which I see I see those arguments like yeah, like how do we make the death like how do we make another Death Star? All right, we'll bigger. call it a yeah, we'll make it five times bigger. And it's like, okay, cool. What can it do? Well, the Death Star kills one planet, just kills five. He's like, tight. No. It's not a star, it's a planet. 
Like, okay. Um, uh, that's so no I, moon. <laughs> I get those complaints, but it's just so, it's such a fun movie. And it's, it was like, to see, I'll never forget, like being in the theater, so hyped. Like I was trembling in that theater when it first started and you just see the long time ago in the galaxy far far away and then the the star wars flat like it just flat the logo the fanfare hits the logo hits and yeah like like tears come to my eyes like Mm. in the theater and then just thinking about it because it was such a special moment finally seeing it back on screen for 10 years um so that movie it almost at that point it would have had to have been absolute dog shit and not been a Star Wars movie for me to have not liked it. Um, but that being said, I still do. I, I Like you said, I really love the introduction of Finn. He's a very cool audience avatar. Like being thrown into the Star Wars universe. Like, holy shit, I'm a stormtrooper. And now I'm not anymore. But holy crap, that's Han Solo. Like, I know about you. And like, holy crap, the Force is real. What is going on? Like, it, it, he is a very good audience avatar. And he's funny. Um, Ray is great. I, I loved like having a actual like a, like a very strong female role be the actual Jedi because I mean I remember when the trailer sure. first came out where fanboys were getting so upset that you know that there's a uh, well a a black stormtrooper but you know I I don't even want to like lead credence to those yeah idiots no. um, but I, I love that though like like go ahead we have. We have an African, a young African American man in the movie. We have a female role as well, playing a playing the Jedi. Um, loved Poe Dameron, super cool British woman. That's right. Um, the, uh, Kylo is is such a good character, so mm. layered. I loved that. Um, I even honestly like, even though like Snoke, you can say what you want about Snoke after the fact, but at the time, it's such a cool way to introduce that character. Yeah, very missing. Just a cool. Imp- Fills that emperor role really well, I think. Yeah. Um, and I'll also, and, and uh, before I, last thing before I move on, is I just, I love when we first see the Millennium Falcon for the first time on Jakku, when they're running away from the stormtroopers, and they're running, or running, or yeah, she looks at that, she's like, what about that one? He's like, no, not that piece of junk. Uh-huh. And then I go to another one, and it gets blown up, and he's like, all right, the junk will do. And then he goes, and you realize it's the Millennium Falcon, and it, yeah. like, it, I get tears like every time I see it. Still, like, yeah, dude, let's go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's just that was just such a special moment. Yeah. I I, I forgot to mention uh, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver. Their performances in in the first in Force Awakens and Last Jedi really really are good. Um. I I didn't know Adam Driver from much other than Girls, uh, and I was incredibly impressed uh, with. Uh, you know, him being able to make me feel something about a character that um, I might otherwise not. So, right. Well, a character that kills Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you still true. care about him in the next movie. Yeah. You're right. Um, so, okay. So, my number two is that where number we're at? Number two. My number yep. two is episode eight. Uh. The Last Jedi. Another Jamaican <laughs> air horn. Oh, my goodness. I'm sweating over here yeah. with all these hot takes. It's scorching the earth right now. Okay, we can get through, and then we'll, me and Ben will do it back and forth. I'll get through some of my favorite parts about the movie. Um, okay. Beautifully shot. Imagery is super cool. When um, 
is that uh, character's name Hondo? It's uh, Alice, not Alice. Laura Dern's character. Uh-huh. She turns around and sacrifices herself and like goes Bullets right into herself the, into the shit. Yeah, yep. that was awesome. I, I love the stuff on crate. Uh, I, that was a really cool planet at the end. The ice stuff. How it like it was like or not ice. I think it's like salt, mm. and it like pours away to and shows like the red underneath. I love all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the like I said earlier, it's pro- it's like one. One A and one B. So one A is like the Darth Maul Qui Gon fight, and then mm-hmm. Phantom Menace. One B is Kylo and Rey in the Red Room. Yep. Uh, God, that stuff is so so cool. Um, and you know, and then when he kills Snoke in that moment too is so awesome. Um, and shocking. It was surprising. Very uh, shocking. Very genuinely. Surprising. Yeah. Um, you're right. All the stuff you mentioned earlier. The the opening. Uh, bomber run is so so cool i yep. love that stuff um i really like the meta commentary of forget the past kill it if you have to kind of stop adhering to the old rules and the old school way of doing things you can tell a story in a different way you can star wars can be it, it was sort of like a catharsis that's that the franchise needed i think like it was this yeah. sort of moment like you can make a movie and have it be a little bit different, but still call it Star Wars and have it mm-hmm. not necessarily do all the same tropes. Like, oh, okay, Snoke is the Emperor. Well, instead of waiting until the third movie to kill him, we're just gonna do it like towards the end, towards the beginning of the third act in this movie, and mm-hmm. we're just gonna go ahead and knock this out and get it out of the way. So, just subverting expectations like that, I enjoy. Yep. Um, the biggest part, though, for me, is, the reason why it's my number two is the theme of failure as a teaching mechanism uh, really resonates with me. And it's really just how I try to live my life as well. Mm. In that not being afraid of failure um, and trying not to shy away from it, recognizing that you will make a mistake and that everyone makes mistakes, but to learn from it and to grow from it and to move on and to face the challenges that you still will face. Um, that's part of the reason, you know, dipping into the video games, that's the reason why I love the Dark Souls series so much, because that's what it taught me, is to, you can you can fail. <laughs> yeah, like you can fail at something, but as you can still learn from it and get better. And I, I, I love that theme in the movie with Luke, and that he's failed, and then he's made himself a hermit on this island, and then, you know, it it turned to to Yoda at the end. It is just like, what have you learned? Like, how have you not learned this lesson? You're still, you're still dumb. Like you, you have to, like you have to. People can change. People can grow. Like, yeah. Um. That's so yeah. That was that. That really resonated with me. But so you see that you see that theme mostly uh, with Ray and Luke's storyline. Like his mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. 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 And and but and and you know. Not to take away from your points either. I the the imagery of Leia supermaning through space mm. is just it's a tough look. Cringeworthy. Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit cringe. I, I like forgot that she survived, but the way we got there was just like ooh. I, I forgot I about know. the the scene. I, I feel like that just could be so meme worthy, like when Luke's on the uh, the salt planet and then I you know it it cuts back to him on the planet doing the uh, meditation and he's like concentrating super hard and like <laughs> yeah. sweating like shaving i feel like that just has meme potential written all over it 
Um, but yeah, uh, I I do. I feel like uh, you speaking about the Last Jedi. It, it makes me feel like I had undervalued it, and maybe it it deserves a rewatch. But um, yeah, I'd say I yeah. I would give. It, oh no, I would give it a yeah. All the reasons you listed. I mean, if it didn't hit with you, then it didn't. But I. I think it's definitely worth a rewatch. And I I still like I'm a sucker for throwing Yoda into the movie and sure. throwing old ass yoga Yoda in the movie, like throwing yeah. puppet Yoda in it. And that was just chef's kiss. I loved it. For sure. Okay. So I mean that only leaves one movie for you. Uh and this movie is actually my number two movie. And uh it's actually on a lot of lists. I was looking today on a lot of lists, people's lists of um one of the top three best movies of all time. Uh, and for uh, whatever reason, I have it as number two, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Um, it probably is the best film end to end, you know, starting off on Hoth, Luke being in a perilous situation. Uh, we go from there to Dagobah. There's asteroid fights. There's Boba Fett. There's Lando. There's Sky City. There's Vader meeting everybody at Sky City. I uh, just love that scene where Lando's like, we just made a new deal to sustain our city for the next <laughs> century. And they're like, oh, great. How's that happening? Opens door. Darth Vader's love it. In there. And what does he uh, say to Leia when he first said, well, 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 what have oh, we what here? What have we <laughs> Yeah. Silky smooth. Colt 45. Billy D. The um, intro, that movie is also the intro of Boba Fett. Truly. Like, that's the yes. first time you ever see Boba. And you're like. Damn, this dude's cool. And you see his like Badass. group of bounty hunters too. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, oh, that maybe my favorite Star Wars line. I totally forgot about this. And you see this when he's introducing all the the um, the bounty hunters. Uh, that one Empire uh, admiral is like, no, it's Captain Nita. He uh, he goes, I will apologize to Lord Vader directly. And then it goes to a different scene and it comes back. And the dude's getting choked out by Darth Vader. And he goes. <laughs> Apology accepted, Captain Nita. <laughs> Great line. But just that entire movie and then the reveal, I never grew up in a world where I did not know immediately going in uh, that Darth Vader was Luke's father. It must have been like getting smacked in the head uh, with a two-by-four. Because uh, I, I feel like there's not much to allude to that uh, in the first two movies up until that point. You, you might disagree. Uh, but I feel like that would have been an awesome reveal. It's um, oh, I just a great agree. movie. I absolutely agree. And like, I'll I'll go ahead and hit on a lot of the stuff that I'm going to say too. For it's my number one. Like, we'll we'll sure. go back and forth a little. But sure. yeah, like the "I am your father" reveal is yep. like the OG of oh shit movie moments. Yeah. Like, because you're right. For us, we always knew. But it's like, you know, what's I'm trying to think of another yeah like spoilers for Harry Potter. But it's you know. <laughs> It's like the the whole Snape shit, mm, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, always like that. It was his his uh, whatever. I'm blanking on the names of stuff for for Harry Potter. I'm in Star Wars land right now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not important. This is Star Patronus. Wars, That's what it is. Patronus. It's Patronus. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's like it's immediately it's it's in the lexicon of like this is one of the wildest reveals ever. But you're right. All the stuff on Sky City is so cool. The lightsaber fight there. Yes, yes. I love that it is just a series of, like, down notes for everybody. Like, Luke abruptly ends his training. Um, 
gets his hand cut off. Mm -hmm. Finds out Luke is his father. Uh, Han gets frozen in carbonite uh, and gets double crossed by his friend. Um, Rebels are not looking great. Um, it's just a perfect build lead up to the next movie. It's like it's so it's, it's just kind of a perfect right in the middle and. I appreciate what it does for the lore as well. It really, you can tell this is the one where he starts figuring out where he wants the story to go from here. Sure. So it, it, it just, it does everything good that A New Hope did and just builds on top of that to create this amazing world. Um, it, it seems yeah. like a lot, a lot more time and money were put into it too, opposed to the first one. I'm sure like coming off the success of it, they had a, a lot more studio money uh, and time to work with. So it just looks a little bit better. I know it's still the early eighties, but if you go back and watch it, you're like, this seems like everybody's, you know, gone up a level. You're right. It, it absolutely does seem like it's, it's been treated with a bit more care. <laughs> like you're, you're right. Yeah. I think, I think, I think they got a much higher blank check. Um, and then the intro of Yoda too, is just, I, I love that when he, acts like he isn't Yoda. Yeah. And he's like, I'll never forget too as a kid, like watching him fight with R2-D2 over a flipping sausage. Hmm. Or <laughs> no! Yeah. And just smack him with a stick. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. Did you have anything else? Or? No, that was about it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that was your number one then? That was my number one. Sweet. Empire next um, I guess you, by deduction, uh, that only leaves my number one, um, which is uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, and like I said at the beginning, you know, when I think about Star Wars, I think about, you know, being a kid and going to see the movies with my dad. Um, and, you know, it's so closely related to, <clears throat> you know, I guess the scene that I think about when I think about Star Wars is that scene that you've been talking about where Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, is sitting there watching the Emperor electrocute his son, and he's got to decide, you know, like, am I, am I still going to be this, like, evil being, or am I going to save my son? And, and what really matters to him is his son, Luke. And, you know, when, when Luke tosses down his lightsaber and he goes, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, I, I mean, I got goosebumps just now saying yeah. I get goosebumps every time I see it. And it's because it reminds me so closely of my relationship with my dad. It's like, you know, what, what a great moment when, you know, after he throws the emperor down, he's like, looks like, well, I got to get you out of here. And he takes his, his helmet off and he has that nice uh, farewell to him face to face. And he says, you already have saved me. Um, that's just, for me, that's, that's what the series is about, you know? Uh, there's other good things about Return of the Jedi, the uh, the the desert anus scene um, where uh, R2-D2 shoots the lightsaber out and Luke catches it and, and saves them. They escape Jabba. Um, and the Ewoks, obviously. I, I, I like the, the jungle battle, but for me, the, um, you know, that the ultimate scene is um, when, um, when Luke uh, and Darth Vader show down in the Emperor's throne room, so. Dude, I had forgotten. I had actually kind of forgotten about Jabba's palace at yeah. the beginning of that movie. So that is such out. a cool scene, and how many different species of alien you see. Right. 
and yeah. and obviously the the remastered uh, they kind of had their way with adding the <laughs> the singing long lipped lady, um, which yeah. was super weird. But um, and, and then Lando. <laughs> Lando flying the uh, Millennium Falcon to blow the Death Star up the second time um, was nice. So, but yeah, I think this was the movie that the Emperor uh, made his debut, if I'm not mistaken. I think he might have had a hologram scene in the in the one before. Yeah, you're right. Okay. But this we actually gets a, a lot of him. Yeah, and he's, but yeah, you're he's, right. And like the, but but it's like the Vader thing doesn't it doesn't just come out of nowhere either. Like the movie does it goes out of its way to like linger it'll it'll stay on a shot i think maybe when luke first gets on the death star and he's being yeah. kind of apprehended um he says something to him to vader and i'm not sure what the line is but he says something to him and then like luke walks away with the other guards and then it like the camera just lingers on vader's face so you can tell yeah. like, whatever luke said in that moment really impacted him right yeah well that's it so those are the list. If you guys just want to recap each of yours, and then we will we'll get to wrapping this baby up. Good. Uh, yeah. So start from ten. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, ten would be Attack of the Clones, and then nine Solo. Eight would be Revenge of the Sith. Number seven, A New Hope. Six, Rogue One. Five, uh, Phantom Menace. Four, Return of the Jedi. Three, Force Awakens. Two, The Last Jedi. And one, my favorite Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And then. Shout, shouts to Clone Wars, by the way. That's a good show. <laughs> That's not canon. Uh, number 10, <laughs> Solo. Number nine, Revenge of the Sith. Number eight, Zach's favorite movie of all time, Last Jedi. Number seven, Attack of the Clones. Number six, A New Hope. Five, Force Awakens. Four, Rogue One. Three, Phantom Menace. Two, Empire Strikes Back. One, Return of the Jedi. Okay. So, Let me ask you this. You said Rogue One was your favorite? Yes, it was. Yeah, give me, give me a little rundown of why that's your favorite. I'm fascinated. Okay. So I am not, as I said, I'm not as well versed in the lore of Star Wars. Like I've seen them all, but I'm like, I know there's a rebel and there's a Emperor Palpatine who's really a senator and all that, all that jazz and the force, the light and the dark. But Rogue One for me was just, you could watch that if you hadn't been too invested in the series. I mean, there's some things you wouldn't know, but everyone knows who Darth Vader is and the price it was. It was just a good film. Um, obviously, like Ben said, it's a suicide mission, so you really know how it's going to end. But I bought into to the characters, um, the impending doom. But the thing they did was noble, and I could buy into that. It was just like a it was a war movie. I know it's called Star Wars, but they're not all to me war movies. It's just like special effects and yeah, you know that one really yeah. felt like you were psychic in powers. Yeah, it was that like a, really, a war. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm I'm the kind of guy that. If people mention like Gone with the Wind could be one of the best movies of all time, it's in black and white, so I probably won't even watch it. I'm that kind of person. Yeah. So the old ones, after watching as a kid, they don't hold up with me because the special effects are dated. Mm -hmm. I'm Mr. Recency, as you probably heard in my devastating sports <laughs> loss. So that's why I like that. I just got really emotionally involved in it. My least favorite, I will say, is probably the episode three. Just the acting hmm. so bad. Uh, yeah. I get that. Jedi's aren't supposed to be super emotional, right? Am I, am I right? They're not supposed to be like high strong or anything. They're pretty rational. Fear leads, fear leads but, to anger, bro. Yeah, but it just like Hayden, all the lines in there are really corny and monotone, and I couldn't, I couldn't buy into it. Even if that's how Jedi's are supposed to be. But that's that's my two cents. But let me counter your question with a with another question. 
So we mm-hmm. talked about all the movies. On the count of three, both of you blurred out your favorite character. One, two, three. Darth Maul. So someone said Darth Maul, and someone said something else. I said Yoda. All right. I said Darth so, Maul. But that was just a gut you... reaction. Okay. And on the count of three, say your least favorite character. One, two, three. There's only Jar one Jar answer to this. Okay. That's the only <laughs> answer. That's the only answer. Even as a little 12-year-old, I found him offensive, and that's something you're not privy to um, with little, those kind of things. But, but honorary, you know, shouts to my dude in Return of the Jedi, Salacious Crumb. I'm not sure if you're aware of him. He is uh, Jabba's little buddy. Yeah, yeah. Like, Long chill on him, little, yeah, little bird dude. Okay, I, can do his, I can do his laugh pretty well if you want to go, go a taste. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, that, dude. That, um, not bad. I'm not going to lie. Right? It's going to keep me up tonight. Um, You're welcome. Be... Playing those sound bites. Oh, yeah, nice who, who needs, a, yeah, who nice needs copyright material? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have, um, we've talked about the 10 Star Wars films. Yeah. Obviously, this winter, it will conclude the Skywalker saga, so to speak, before those Game of Thrones producers get a hold of it. Um, so what are you guys looking forward to? you have any predictions on... Episode nine, Emperor back, Ray Kylo turns. What's up? Um, I'm yeah, I'm fascinated with with how much of that is just classic JJ misdirect, um, in that trailer. Uh, but yeah, Rise of Skywalker. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for it. Pretty hyped. Um, I think my the- two theories I have. Um, Skywalker is a new way to refer to Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, Force okay. sensitive people. No longer will there be Jet, Jedi and Sith. It's just everybody. You're a Skywalker if you have Force abilities. Um, that's my theory. I think that's probably a pretty popular one. I also have I have a theory. I have a raised parents theory. Um, okay, shoot. Pretty scorching. Um, God, Zach, easy. But My last Jedi, I know, yeah, last Jedi could also have just ended the race stuff, and I'm actually totally cool with that being it. If her parents were just nothing and they were just they traded her off and whatever and sold her off um and they died on jakku but my theory is that her parents are actually uh imperial soldiers Hmm. because in the star wars universe the only characters that we hear talk with a british accent which it could just come down to the fact that maybe Daisy Ridley can't do like a straight up American accent or something. Uh, Kevin Costner couldn't do a British one. (laughs) Yeah. It could be, it could be a simple explanation for it, but I think um, it might be on purpose. The only characters that we've ever heard have British accents have been part of the empire or the first order. I think that goes back to colonialism though. I can see that. Yeah. But she, but she, but she does. But she she does, so it's it's fascinating to me, and I could see it to where they find out at a very young age, her parents do, that she has force sensitive abilities, and they know what Snoke will do to force sensitive kids. He'll either hmm. it'll kill them or want to take them as as you know pet projects, like he did with Kylo. Um, so I think they were worried about their kid's life. It's still that's what makes it. It's not a good look to give to dump your kid on Jakku with old dude, uh, you know, one quarter portion guy, like where she's basically an <laughs> servant. Um, so it's probably not, it's not a good look to put her in that life. But they are in the empire, like they're not paragons of society either. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I can I like very that. much see, I can see that. But like that. at the same time, I'm not going to get super, super upset if that doesn't come to pass. But that's my flaming hot episode nine take. I think if you're be- right, if you're right, we will replay this clip over and over uh, again. I had to say it. I had to get it. He's in. on the record. It's on the record. It's it's in the public record now. <clears throat> I like that, Zach. Um, yeah, I, what are your- I honestly, I don't even have a one theory. Um, and I'll tell you why. I don't really like to dwell on what I think is going to happen because yeah. I feel like we're in a, an age where if you like read like 10 articles about, you know, Rise of Skywalker um like people will say a million things and like somebody will get it right and you'll have read it and you'll be like ah well i kind of saw that coming because somebody said it was going to happen yeah. not shaming you for your take i oh. just oh, no, no, no. i like to i like to not think about it and just like be pleasantly along for the ride and and let it take me where it takes me mm-hmm. um you know i i i'm of the belief that uh you know, Ray's parents are just nobody because that's what Adam Driver said. That's what the films have told us. But, you know, obviously he could be lying or he could not know. Um, I, Heels I, lie. That's what I learned from wrestling. Heels true, lie. Ben. True. Uh, my my one prediction, I guess, is that I'm I'm going to enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I it's it's going to be another Star Wars movie. It's new material um, for my mind. So. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Disney Plus, all their Star Wars content too. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't uh, I don't get overly fanatical about trying to figure out what's going to happen. So. No, yeah, and I'm not the type of person. Like, I watch the trailer maybe twice, but I'm not the yeah. type of person that will pour over it over and I mean, over and over. It was and, a like, great trailer. Great trailer. They uh, I I really liked uh, their use of the the star wars theme i think it's the the leia love theme but they slowed it down and and made it super loud and grandiose and i i really like that the, we should have talked about john williams more um oh you know goodness. just an, an icon of music it's like his catalog is up there with any um uh, beethoven who i, sh- I should say um john, yeah, williams sit down, john just, sebastian box sit down yeah uh, but the music in star wars is great uh Duel of the Fates and Phantom Menace, and then obviously the the themes uh, throughout Star Wars. Uh, I don't sleep phenomenal. on the Cantina the Cantina music. That's Ooh, a yeah. it's a yeah. banger, dude. Cantina. It is. Banger. It really is. Yeah, few, club, I dare yeah, you. Few, I dare few you. composers could like elicit reactions like the Star Wars themes can, and just immediately take you to the place where a scene, or maybe the first time you heard that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Ben, uh, I know the yes, answer sir. for Zach. I've talked to him about this before, and we can get to it. Do you read into or watch anything outside of the movie related, like uh, novels, fan fiction, games, TV shows? Um, I played, I think, one of the Knights of the Old Republic games way okay. back in the day. And my brother, he had like probably 35 paperback uh, Star Wars like supplemental text movie books um yeah but i never read them um for whatever reason i it's just i don't know i i i I did not but i you know i I, i've never dressed up uh going to the movies either Uh, i would still consider myself a big fan but i guess some people really take it um yeah there's levels level yeah there's levels yeah zach i know you've digged into plenty of stuff outside the movies so which one's your favorite? Uh, oh man, 
I yeah, I've seen every episode of the Clone Wars show um, and a movie, and it's fantastic. It's like the first season, maybe two. It it it's a bit of a slog, but some of the stuff they dive into is just great. And and they continue the Darth Maul story, which is super cool. Um, and just dive into the lore quite a bit. Um, but yeah, and it does a lot of the good things. Where Ben, you were saying about the clones, where you actually get to like spend some time with some of the individual clone characters and they actually do have like personalities and that's pretty cool to get into. And, and some of the, war, like it actually does dive into like war and tactics in a war and it's kind of fascinating. Um, but like I said earlier, I love the Darth Plagueis book. Um, um, I've played both the battlefront games. I'm excited for fallen order. That seems like it's going to be pretty good. Um, I do. I, I have several of the newer books on my wish list to check out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, go, I'm go to GoFundMe Zach. Uh, GoFundMe Zach for Star Wars books. Help a man out. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, write me a check and I'll read more of them. You can Venmo. Link in bio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Swipe up. I've obviously never read any books, but the video games definitely. Like um, you mentioned, Battlefront. Those are okay. I really like the first Force Unleashed. You're just like this uh, rogue assassin <laughs> of Darth You're Vader. Like a- a Jedi god, yeah, named, named Star Killer, and the first one was really good. It's not canon, but uh, there could be a way to squeeze in. The second one was completely awful. I remember just playing on my <laughs> PS3, just like I waited all this time for this. Star Wars is trash. Is this you know because I generalize all the time? But <laughs> and, one uh, bad game and it's trash. yeah, one game ruins everything. Yeah, that's society. And one more thing before I get you guys out of here. So we talked about episode nine predictions and thoughts. Um, I'm sort of, like Ben mentioned, he doesn't like to read into theories and stuff. I was the complete opposite with like Avengers. I read everything, reference the comics, like always looking for these theories. It probably is better to just enjoy the ride, not the destination. Mm. But the last thing, you all love Game of Thrones. Um, You know how I feel about it. I won't get into Mm -hmm. it. Um, especially the two producers, but they're going to be entrusted for the next trilogy. Um, what do you guys want to see out of that? Just in like generally, not specifically. It's not going to be with the Skywalkers, right? So I want to s- I, I want to see them take their time. <laughs> uh, I don't really have any <laughs> any stories in mind that I I feel like need fleshing out. I I wouldn't mind seeing totally different characters in a totally different timeline. Um, that would probably be my my vote, but uh, definitely take their time and. And have a lot of good writers uh, give Phoebe Waller Bridges or Phoebe Waller Bridge in the writers' room. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I what, do, what do you think, Zach? That was that was a great segue, Bryson. You mentioned enjoy appreciating the journey, not the destination, because that's really what I would. That's like one of my final takes on Game of Thrones. Is that exactly is just how good it was for as long as it was, and you know maybe didn't stick its landing the same way but like like ben said i would love for them to take their time with it and um i don't i I don't see them not taking their time with it but anyways i would love i think story-wise in the lore i i really don't want to spend any more time in between episodes three and four Mm. i just don't i don't really need any more rebel versus the empire type stuff or you know where we're at currently against the first order. I don't really need more of that stuff. I want to go like way back. I want to go old Republic. Like mm. it's really currently the only thing Canon. I think we have like the oldest thing in the Canon last I checked is like a, 
it was like a Darth Maul comic now that they wiped out everything else. And then I think there's some Clone Wars stuff that's referenced things that's happened pre-Episode 1. But then there's, I think there's like a Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan book that happens before Phantom Menace. But I would just love to see things take place back in the old Republic. And just like Ben said, just a completely, and I think they would do great with that. Because that was one of my favorite parts about Game of Thrones is the political uh, sort of infighting. You're finding out these families. Um, a lot of characters. Yeah, tons of characters. characters. Of the story. They weave and intersect in different ways. I would love to see that. And, you know, Jedi included in there as well. But but I think there's I think there's a lot of, there's a good breeding ground for um, some great material there. And I'm just hoping for the diversity to continue with these people. But anyway. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> uh,